0: Let's turn to 1 Samuel 31. So we're going to look at two passages, mainly. um, The last chapter of 1 Samuel and the first chapter of 2 Samuel. Uh, And these, uh, I know in our Bible it's split up into 1 and 2, but in, uh, if you would have been back in the Old Testament times, it would have been on a, a single scroll, they didn't have as big of a division as we have today um, so it's kind of like a continuing uh, but there's something interesting a couple verses in like I said 1st Samuel 31 and a couple in 2nd Samuel chapter 1 uh, if we look at them together this story I think it will I think it'll show us something and kind of point something out um, so I want to look at a uh, a little more verses than normal, but I think this—I think we'll figure this out. It's the same story, uh, kind of told from two different points of view. Uh, so, First Samuel thirty-one. Uh, we're going to start in verse one, and this is uh, what this story is dealing with: is the death of King Saul. So, First Samuel thirty-one, one. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan, Abinadab, and uh, Malchua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul unto his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword, and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it." And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. So that's the story. That's what happened. Now, in 2 Samuel, remember David is in a different spot. He's about 80 miles away. It's a several-day journey. Uh, so Saul dies, but David doesn't know it. They don't have the cell phones, the uh, email, the text message. He can't. They can't send him a text and say, hey, or a video or anything else like we can today. So a messenger would literally have to come tell David what happened. So a couple days pass. And this messenger comes and tells uh, David. So that's Second Samuel. Uh, we'll look at verse 2. And it came to pass on the third day that, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent and earth upon his head. And so it was when he came to David that he fell to the earth and did a obs- obe- obeisance. And David said unto him, uh, From whence comest thou? And he said unto him, Out of the camp of Israel am I I am escaped. And David said unto him, How went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered, That the people are fled from the battle, and many of the people also are fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. And David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan his son be dead? Now, this is the important part right here. And the young man that told him said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked uh, behind him and saw me and called unto me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. And he said unto me, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me." So I stood upon him and slew him because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and, and have brought them thither unto my Lord, then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight, thank you for its truth and I Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we dig into your word tonight, Lord that you that the Holy Spirit would just make things come alive, teach us tonight, Lord, fill me with the unction uh, to preach and and to teach tonight, and Lord just help us to see uh, how amazing your word is one more time. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all things, and in Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Amen. So we have two stories of the same event. This is the death of King Saul. Uh, We get the kind of the historical, here's what happened in 31, and then we get somebody telling David, here's what happened, and you can tell pretty quickly uh, there's two different stories being told, right? There's two different things that are are saying happened for the same event. Uh, uh, First, Samuel 31 says Saul was wounded in battle by the Philistine archers, uh, but he ends up falling on his sword. He ends up, you know, killing himself so he doesn't fall into the enemy hands. But then the next chapter, which is not just a handful of verses... Really, the next book, I mean, but it's, it's right next to it. The, the messenger, this Amalekite, is telling David what happened. It says, I happen to be there. I happen yeah. to spot King Saul. He's dying, and he, he tells me to kill him. Uh, so the Amalekite brings this news to David, and he's got Saul's crown and Saul's bracelet. So then the question is, what happened? Did Saul kill himself or did the Amalekite? Which one? What happened? Which which story? Because they're both different. Well, let me tell you, we got, we've got two more verses now that might even, may help us, may not. Let's see what they say. 2 Samuel twenty one twelve says this. And David went and took the bones of Saul and the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jabesh-Gilead, which had stolen them. Uh, from the street of Shan, where the Philistines had hanged them, when the Philistines had slain Saul and Gilboa. Okay, so remember the first passage we read, Saul fell on a sword. Second passage, the Amalites killed Saul. Amalekites killed Saul. This passage, the Philistines killed Saul. One more. First Chronicles ten thirteen and fourteen. Uh, so Saul died for his transgression which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not, and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to yes. inquire of it, and he inquired not of the Lord, therefore he slew him. I'll read that again. And, and, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore, basically, the Lord slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. So look, now we got four accounts, right? Uh, Saul fell on his own sword. The Amalekite killed him. The Philistines killed him. And the Lord killed him, right? Four passages, four different things, same event. Then the question comes, who killed King Saul? Right. Who who did it? And see, the easy way out for some people is to say, well, the Bible is not perfect. It has contradictions, you know, so there are, you know, things where uh, there are errors in there and and different things like that. Uh, But, you know, me, uh, whenever you think there could be a contradiction or or an error or something like that, we need to stop. And the best thing you can do is pray and say, God, this doesn't make sense. Uh, You know what and then dig a little deeper into the scriptures and that's what I want to do tonight because if you're reading through the Bible you will catch things like this and uh, you know and people will bring things like this and they'll say look the Bible can't be true because look at this it says four different ways he died right that's what it seems to be saying. So let's stop. Let's dig in because you know me. I don't. I don't. Uh, we'll tackle the hard passages. If somebody, if the world says this is a contradiction, we'll tackle it. That's fine because you know, in the end, I have more trust in my God Amen. and more trust in the Holy Spirit teaching us than I have in this world. Amen. And I believe the Word of God will will in the end show itself true as it always does. So the day before his death. First Samuel 28, uh, King Saul remember he disguises himself. He goes to that woman with a familiar spirit in Endor and and he asks her to bring up Samuel. Remember Samuel had died, I think about four years. By that point, the prophet and, and King Saul wasn't hearing from the Lord. He wasn't getting any direction. The Philistines were attacking. So he has her call up Samuel. And really what's funny about that story, I think is funny, is when he comes up, she's scared to death. You know why? Because It's not supposed to happen like that, right? It's supposed to be more theatrical or more, you know, just a show or anything. And when he really comes up, uh, she's scared to death about what's happening. Uh, And that first Samuel 28, 19, uh, the prophet Samuel says this, moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. So the day before, when he went to the familiar spirit and Samuel uh, said the next day, Saul, this is what's going to happen to you and your sons, you know, Jonathan, the older sons, here's what's going to happen. The Lord said, I'm going to give you into the Philistines' hand. I'm going to let them uh, overcome. I'm going to let them win, deliver you, and you are going to die the next day. So the Lord's telling him this, that uh, you're going to die in battle. But, but here's the thing. The Lord promised him, uh, or he said, hey, I'm going to take your life but I'm going to let the Philistines prevail in battle to do it. That's how it's going to happen. So now, 1 Samuel 31, the first passage we read, the Israelites are losing in battle to the Philistines. Uh, The King Saul is wounded by the archers, uh, the Philistine archers, and it doesn't look like he's going to make it. He asked his armor bearer to take his life, but when the armor bearer wouldn't do it, Saul falls on his own sword and dies. Okay, so the Lord's promise, remember what the Lord said, the Lord said, I'm taking your life tomorrow and I'm going to give you into the hands of the Philistines. So it's, he, he knew right then and there what was going to happen the next day. He's going to be in battle with the Philistines. He's going to die in battle with the Philistines. That's what's going to happen the next day. And here's the thing. Did the Lord kill King Saul? Yes, he did. He did. He, the God is sovereign, God's in control, and God let them fall into the hand of the Philistines. God could have just as easily uh, brought victory over the Philistines, which he did many, many times in the Old Testament, right? But God said, hey, you, you choose to disobey me, you choose to rebel, you choose to go after familiar spirits and everything else, I, your kingdom is done and your life is done. Did the Lord do it? Yes. Did the Philistines kill King Saul? Yes. Right? It was their archers that wounded him to the point where he wasn't getting off that battlefield. He wasn't going to be able to escape death. Yes, it may have taken, you know, maybe, I don't know, a half hour or whatever to completely be gone. Uh, but the Philistine archers did that. You know, if they wouldn't have, he'd have been able to flee from battle and get out of it. So did the Lord? Yes. Did the Philistines? Yes. Yes. And it has to be that way because of the promise the Lord said the day before. See, because some will, some get confused. They try to, well, the Bible's not, uh, it doesn't contradict. We're just not sure what happened. We're not sure uh, if it was the Amalekite. We're not sure if it was the Lord. We don't know what happened. And I'm saying this is easy. This is easy, right? Because if the Lord makes a promise and says, this is how it's going to happen, that's how it's going to happen. And that's what happens. And then here's the thing. Well, did King Saul kill himself? Yes. He sped it up, but it was still the archers. It was still the Lord and it was still him. So, okay. So now we've got three of the passages are good. And what about the last one? What about 2 Samuel 1, verse 6? We'll read that part again. And the young man told David, said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, and he saw me and called unto me, he answered, Here I am." And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered, I'm an Amalekite. And he said unto me, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish has come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. And I, so I stood upon him and slew him, because I was sure that he could not live. After that he was fallen. And I took the crown, and he took the bracelet, and he brought it to David. So uh, we, we see that account by the Amalekite messenger. And you say, Now wait a second. If the Amalekite would have slayed David, the promise would not have been true. The Lord would have lied. The Lord would have been wrong. So it can't be true. And you're thinking, well, wait a second. It's in God's word. Well, this is the messenger telling David what happened. It's a lie. You're thinking, Mike, now wait a second. There are lies in the Bible? Absolutely. Genesis 3's got a great one right near the beginning that said, did God really say that? God said... Yes, he said, that that was the deception uh, of the devil and everything else. There's plenty of lies that are recorded uh, in Scripture, and this is another one. Remember, Saul asked his armor bearer to take his life in chapter 31 and he said lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through. So if he doesn't want a gentile to kill him, uh, and you're thinking the Philistines, well the Amalekites a gentile too. Why would he be okay with him killing him and not the other? It doesn't make sense at all. And then also one of the for Saul in his life specifically, one of the reasons God said you know, with that prophecy in chapter 28. One of the reasons God said, I'm taking the throne from you and ending your life is I told you to completely destroy the Amalekites. You think he would let an Amalekite then uh, uh, take voluntarily take his life uh, after that was one of the reasons why? And I, I don't think so. So that I think what happened is this. The Amalekite was near the battle because they were known for... Uh, being sneaky and everything else. And what they do is if a battle was going on and they saw that one side was winning and there was some uh, slain that were there, they would go steal things. Yeah, before anyone else could. And we know it was near the evening because the Philistines don't start checking the bodies and everything till the next morning. So it was late in the day. They're trying to battle and he's out there sneaking off, seeing what he could steal. And he was excited because he found a crown. He was like, hey, this is the king. Uh, You know, this is good stuff right here. So he takes the crown, takes the bracelet, uh, heads to Ziklag where David was. And then I believe along the way he invents this story. He comes up with this story uh, thinking that David's going to rejoice that uh, the king that hated David, right? And his son who would be heir to the throne. They're all gone. Now David can be king. And they're thinking, well, David, surely David's going to be excited. He's going to be blessed and everything else. That's not what happens. We'll give you a spoiler alert. David has the Amalekite killed. He says, hey, you slayed the Lord's anointed by your own word, your own testimony. You know, get rid of him. Yeah. David wouldn't even kill it himself. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know. Right. So he invents this story, and he's probably thinking, well, David takes the throne. I give him this crown, and I finished off the enemy and everything else, he'll give me something good, right? He'll give me preferential treatment or, or something like that. But that couldn't be uh, further from what actually happened. So then you think about this. Remember, we have all these four passages. We've got uh, what, what they say happened in uh, 1 Samuel one thirty one, where uh, Samuel takes his own life. And then you've got the Amalekite story. You've got the Lord taking his life. You've got the Philistines taking his life. And then once you get to it, if the Amalekite is making up the story, all four passages are true. Right? This is a true account of his lie that he told. Right? This is what it is. All four can be true at the same time. 2 Samuel 4.10, last verse we'll look at, says this. When one told me, saying, Behold, Saul is dead, thinking to have brought good tidings, I took hold of him and slew him in Ziklag, uh, who thought that I would have given him a reward for his tidings. So David tells us, because what happened this in chapter four, someone's going to kill another one of Saul's uh, uh, sons. And bring word to David thinking he'll be excited about that. And he retells this story for getting rid of those people too. He says, hey, this has already happened before. And I got rid of that one. Because he thought he would get some kind of reward uh, for doing this deed. But it was a lie. He was put to death. He was excited to take credit for killing King Saul. But he really didn't. And he was doing all this fake mourning and everything else. And you think about this. You know, like we said david uh, David truly mourned for King Saul he did he mourned for Jonathan his friend, uh, but it just shows you that not only did he not take vengeance uh Uh, against Saul. He didn't kill him when he had the opportunities, but he's genuinely sad about it. He's genuinely sad. I believe that the Lord could have used King Saul and could have blessed him and he could have taken over later, you know, but in all of this, uh, King Saul was rebellious against God and the Lord took care of the problem. It didn't bring David happiness that this happened. And it shouldn't. Right it shouldn't bring happiness in these things. But you look at uh, the Amalekites. What about them in scripture? They, you know, you think about they're they're greedy, uh, they're lying, they're cheating, they're wicked. They don't fight fair. That's one of the other things. They were the first ones to attack the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt, and they attacked from the behind where the women and children were. They didn't fight fair. And here's the thing you see. Uh, they're almost like a picture of sin, right? They're a, a picture of sinfulness and 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 uh the wages of sin is always death so it shouldn't be a surprise that this amalekite messenger ended up dying or that the amalekite people being wiped out is because it all leads to death you can't uh you can't lie and cheat and steal and, and go against god and not face death not face hell you know these all the roads lead to the same thing but aren't you glad that where they say there's a contradiction once you really look at it and you dig into it you find so easily that it's all true every bit of it is true all four accounts the Amalekite was just lying and that lie is written down for us to see today I'm glad the Bible has the good, the bad, and the ugly you know there are some passages we don't like to look at some passages are difficult uh, to read and to think about, but I'm glad that uh, we've got not only the high points in men and women's life in the Bible, we've got the low points too. And that helps me from time to time because in my life, I've got the high points and I've got the low points. I've got points in, in time where I've just said, God, I've really messed up this time. Lord, I would understand if you said no more, no more serving me, no more of any of this, but aren't you glad there's the Lord forgiving, amen? There's the Lord picking us up, showing mercy and all of these things. He's got this written down for us today. Just like he's gotten down the the devil's lies and deception and everything else so that we can be ready and we can realize the devil's tactics and we can say, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the truth. And aren't you glad? I'm glad there's no contradictions in this word. I'm glad it's true. Now again, we've had to spend... Uh, quite a while reading through different passages and thinking about it and everything else. But that's okay, right? It's okay to dig into God's word and see what it really says and dig in and say, now, wait a second. How can these both fit together? If we do that and you genuinely ask God and say, God, I don't understand this. I've read it in this chapter. Now I'm in this chapter. What really happened? Aren't you glad God will show us every time? what we need to know his word he's not trying to confuse he's not trying to deceive he's not trying to lead us astray or go over our heads or anything like that that's what the devil tries to do I'm glad our God says look you can dig into this word now granted we can't do this by ourselves Right, we, we tackle this word on our own knowledge and everything will only go so far. But aren't you glad we've got the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I'm glad we can talk to the author and finisher of our faith. We've got a relationship with Jesus Christ who not only uh, wrote it, but he also lived it and walked it. He was the, the word made flesh and dwelt among us. I'm thankful for all those things. Who killed King Saul? The Lord did. The Philistines did. But really... Yes, he fell on his own sword, but it was because of his own rebellion against God. He knew what he needed to do. God would have established his throne for his whole life and for his generations to come after that. That's what God promised him if he would have obeyed. He did good for a while, but then he fell off. But like we said this morning, we just need to cling to the Lord. We just need to walk by faith. We just need to cling to God's word and realize that it is true. And we may not like what it says in different parts. And it may be hard, but I'm glad it's true. And there's not a single contradiction in this word. Because if there was one error, then we would throw the entire thing into question. Amen. It's got no errors at all. Well, I know it's a little different lesson, a little... Kind of a Bible study tonight, but I just want to let you know that...